Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. To start this week, I thought I would begin by recommending a couple podcasts that I personally adore. If you ever feel yourself a little too scared of the charred man coming to get you, and you need a break from horror and could use something a little more magical, you should check out The Main Street Telegraph. It's a Disney podcast, and I've never listened to anything more genuine and feel-good. Host B lets you know all the news and goings-on of the Disney parks, as well as some fun trivia and history. Next, for my friends out there who suffer from depression, I suggest you give How Are You Holding Up a listen. It's a podcast for the depressed, by the depressed, and Chris and Lindsay cover all sorts of topics such as escapism, dark thoughts, and therapy animals. These two are so enjoyable to listen to and so relatable. Please check them out. Now, for my last recommendation of the week, Crime Roulette is a podcast by this week's author, Wellington Hutzler. It's a comedy podcast where every week, each host covers a story from different true crime categories. Wellington sent in a doozy this week, folks. I hope you're ready for you and me. 9.14 a.m. Doug woke up in a panic. Another nightmare. Ben was drowning. That was always the worst. Thin beams of light shone through the boarded-up windows. Dust could be seen falling in the air. Doug looked over and saw Zoot sleeping on his cushion. At least he assumed Zoot was sleeping. Doug could never tell with those beady eyes constantly staring at him. It was best to go back to sleep and not risk waking him up. He turned over to face the wall and tried to slow his heart rate by breathing through his nose. 9.53 a.m. Doug awoke to the sound of Zoot's voice. Let's start the day. Okay. The house had been a complete mess since father passed. Doug had taken to throwing bags of trash out the second floor, but he had to cover up the windows when someone saw him and tried to get into the house. The house was now covered in garbage, clothes, and bits of food, as if a tornado had blown through the building. It had taken him months to get used to the smell. Doug put on a shirt that was laying across the couch. He noticed it was covering up a stain and couldn't remember when he put it there. See if there's any out there. These were the worst parts of the day, when he was forced to acknowledge a world outside of his safe place. He hesitantly walked towards the bedroom window and began to hyperventilate. Stop. Doug closed his eyes, breathed, and felt his body become still. He peered through the boards and looked outside. He didn't see any of them walking the streets. He didn't see any people either. The street was littered with abandoned cars and broken glass, among other things. But no bodies. Not anymore. 10.24 a.m. Doug opened his cupboard to find two cans of tomato soup left. 
The spiders ran around, the dust bunnies at the sound of the creaky door. We've been putting it off for too long. We need more food. Duck began to whimper. The store was only five minutes away, but he worried about the day that they would show up and all the food would finally be gone. Wait until dark. We'll do it then. 10.35 a.m. Doug stared at the soup before forcing himself to eat another spoonful. He was never fond of tomato. He always ate all of the chicken noodle too quickly. If you're going to be a fussy eater, then give me some. Doug looked at Zoot and saw all the stains on his fabric left from the previous meals. Zoot only took baths when he wanted to. Doug put the spoon into Zoot's mouth and felt his hand get wet. The two made uncomfortable eye contact while the food slid down Zoot's face. 12.42 p.m. Zoot sat in front of the TV and stared at the black screen. In the beginning, the channels would all be white static, but now it wouldn't even turn on. Sometimes Zoot would sit there for hours... Leave me. I enjoy this program. Doug looked back at him and quietly stepped out of the room. Though the house had been utterly trashed, there were still mementos of the old days scattered throughout the place. Doug bent down and picked up one of his family pictures. There was Mom, Dad, Ben, and him. He felt tears begin to form. They were all gone. It was just him now. And Zoot. 1.16 p.m. Doug heard a clamoring from outside the house and peeked through the boards again. He looked down on the street and saw one of them. Doug became paralyzed whenever his eyes gazed upon one. It was tossing around a trash can like a child with a ball. The creature looked to be about seven feet tall which was the average height. Sometimes he would see bigger and smaller ones. Step away before someone notices you, Zoot said from the other room. Zoot had a way of always knowing what Doug was up to. The creature turned its attention to a gunshot that came from off in the distance. Its pale, hunched-over body sprinted away like a leopard without making a sound. 2.47 p.m. Doug sifted through the piles of trash to find his backpack. It had been a month since they went to grab food. You're going to need it if we go out tonight, Zoot had said as he sat there watching. Doug tossed an upturned chair over to a corner and saw his family photo sitting there. He opened it up and began to relive the old memories. There was mom and dad when they were really young. Mom's hair was so curly back then. There was a picture of Doug as a baby in the hospital with Ben looking at him. He laughed at the sight of the beach picture. This is where the crab stuck to Ben's foot and he swung around like crazy. He could feel his heart dropping in his stomach. He didn't have to look up to know that Zoot was staring. Close it. What? Why? You know why. 
Doug began to cry. Looking at this is only going to make it worse. They left you. No, that's not true. Only Mother left us. Be it in a casket, or on a train to who knows whereville, they left you. Now, close it. Doug looked back at the photos, wiped a tear from his eye, and shut the album. Remember, it's just you and me. 4.01 p.m. Doug's stomach growled. He looked into his cupboard at the last can of soup. He reached for it, but Zoot pushed his hand away. No! We have to ration our food now. You can eat later. We have to what? We have to keep our food consumption to a bare minimum. Trust me. I lived on a desert island for a few years. Doug stared at him. He knew Zoot was lying. You look like you have something to say. Doug just looked down at the ground. Say it. He didn't want to say. Say it now. He paused before looking back at Zoot. You're... You're just a sock. Suddenly, there was a loud scream coming from outside. Doug ran to the window and looked out. There was a man running for his life. The man looked up and saw Doug's eyes peeking through the window. Hey! Shit! Close the blinds! Doug jumped back, but it was too late. The man was pounding on the front door. Let me in, please. They're coming. Do not open the door. Please. They're gonna... The horrific screams coming from outside were followed by a loud tearing sound. And then... silence. Doug waited a couple of minutes before looking outside again. He gasped. There were five of them, all standing around in a circle. He had never seen so many. In the middle of the circle was the man. Doug couldn't get a good look at him, but he could see the man's legless body twitching as his chest went up and down with labored breaths. 4.30 p.m. Doug decided to look out one more time. They were all gone. The only thing left was a pool of blood. 6.04 p.m. Doug stared at the chessboard. There wasn't much time left. Zoot had him surrounded. He moved his king out of danger and Zoot immediately swooped in with his queen. Checkmate. Doug got frustrated and knocked the game off the table. The pieces clattered across the kitchen's tile floor. One of the pawns rolled under the refrigerator. You're going to get better. Just keep practicing. Doug got up and peeked under the fridge. He noticed a cockroach scurrying away when Zoot grabbed the pawn. When Doug turned around, he could see the only piece that landed upright was Zoot's king. 7.21 p.m. A heavy downpour had hit the city out of nowhere. Doug hurried to the bathroom on the second floor with a string and a small pail. The half window was the only one in the house that wasn't boarded up. 
Let me have a look. Zoot peeked outside through the window and looked around. All clear. Doug stood on the toilet and cranked the window open. He tied the string to both the window crank and the pail's handle, then slowly lowered the pail outside. He could hear the pleasant sound of rain hitting the bottom of the pail. I hope there's enough water this time. They collected rainwater for the rare occasions that Zoot felt like being cleaned. Doug would often dump the dirty water on himself when the opportunity arose. He missed taking showers. 8.33pm Doug peeked at the sunset through the boards. It was always one of his favorite things to do alone. The rain had went away too quickly to fill the pail, so they poured it into the tub for later. The sun reflected on the puddles in the street. Night is coming. I hope you're ready. 8.57 p.m. Doug paced throughout his house, looking for his backpack. He could have sworn he left it by his bed. Retrace your steps. Where did you have it last? Zoot kept repeating himself. Doug continued to get more anxious while Zoot shouted at him. For a moment, he stopped pacing down the hallway and looked over to her father's bedroom. The door had been left alone for so long that he couldn't remember the last time it had been opened. The only clear memory he had was the swarm of flies and the distinct, disgusting smell that hit him whenever father's door was open. What are you doing? We don't have time to waste. Zoot snapped Doug back to reality, and he kept moving. 9.13 p.m. Doug stepped out of his house and onto the pavement that had grown so unfamiliar to his feet. There was no sign of all the blood that had previously been across the street. He couldn't imagine who or what would have the time to clean it up, and he didn't want to. Remember my instructions. Keep your head down and stay quiet. Zoot whispered. Doug set off down the street as quickly as he could. He could see Zoot's eyes jiggle with each step. 9.19 p.m. Doug turned around a corner and was hit with a sudden rush of adrenaline. One of the creatures was sleeping on the sidewalk and leaning up against a bench. He could feel himself breathing more quickly with goosebumps on his arms and neck. For a moment, he thought his short, surprised gasp had awoken it before he heard it still snoring. They slept heavily during the nighttime. Stay calm, Zoot whispered. Doug slowly breathed through his nose and became more still. He had never been so close to one. He stared into its big, black, vacant eyes. Their eyes appeared to be open even when they were asleep. Much like Zoot's. 9.32 p.m. Zoot picked at the lock of the store's back door. Doug felt nervous about going back in. It wasn't locked the last time they came to visit. Zoot slowly opened the door. I didn't know you could do that. Here's a Doug knew he was lying again, but didn't bother saying anything. He reached into his backpack for a flashlight. For a moment, it wouldn't turn on until Zoot finally gave it a smack. Doug aimed the light at the dark back room and stepped in. 
9.33 p.m. Doug's light danced around the many aisles of products. He could see that things that had previously been left alone were now missing. Grab as much as you can and let's get the hell out of here. Doug excitedly ran for the cookie aisle before Zoot pushed into his chest. No. Meals first. Doug groaned. Some things would never change. 9.41 p.m. There wasn't much space left in the backpack. Doug reached for a can of peaches and Zoot smacked his hand away. No peaches. Doug frowned. Peaches were his favorite fruit. Come on, please. No. Suddenly, the area around them lit up and Doug realized someone was pointing a light at him. His muscles tensed up. Who the fuck are you? A gruff female voice asked, followed by the sound of a gun being cocked. I... I... Who is that? Another slightly higher-pitched female voice said. I don't know. You. Turn around. Slowly. Doug obeyed. He trembled in front of them. He couldn't see their faces with the light in his eyes. There was a brief silence. Okay, Jean. Put the gun down. Are you crazy? He's a human. Like us. And... Look at him. He's emaciated and scared half to death. There was an annoyed sigh before the flashlight went away from his face. Doug quickly passed his light over their faces. Jean was a short, muscular woman with a shaved head and rough features. There was a large scar across her nose. The other woman was a little larger, but pretty. She had long brown hair and freckled cheeks, much like Mother did. Doug became more comfortable when he saw her. Hi there. Would you like some food? Seems like he's already helped himself, Jean grumbled. Don't talk to them, Zoot hissed. Who said that? The light was pointed back at Doug. Let's go now. Ew. What's with that nasty old sock on your hand? Jean asked. What did you call me? Whoa. Did you see that? His mouth didn't even move, the other woman said. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. Calm down, psycho, before I have to. Zoot pulled Doug's body toward Jean and tackled her. Zoot struck her in the face, furiously, repeatedly. She began to point her gun at them, but Doug pushed it away. The gun fired and the loud bang resounded throughout the store. Doug's ears rang. They all froze. Oh no, the other woman said. Jean pushed Doug off her and began to run for the back. What are you doing? They'll be surrounding the place. We need to get to the roof, the other woman shouted. I'm done with your dumb ass. You can die with your new friend for all I care. The woman glanced away from Doug and back at him for a couple seconds. She grabbed Doug's flashlight as well as his hand. Her grip was firm and yet her skin felt soft against his. He had no time to enjoy the feeling, but it gave him the courage to run with her. 9.48 p.m. She kicked open the roof door and ran out, still pulling Doug. He looked around and saw she was right. The creatures were surrounding the store. She let go of his hand and pointed to the building next to them. I know it's scary, but we're going to have to jump to that roof. It's our only... Go! 
As if Zoot had taken control of his legs, Doug charged for the other rope and leaped off. Without a moment's thought, he found himself rolling on the other side. He felt his elbow scrape against the ground. Holy shit! Good job! The woman said in amazement. She stepped back and started to run. Let's go! No! The woman jumped. It looked like she was going to make it, but she hit the side of the building and held on for dear life. Doug looked back at her in horror. Help me, please! He started to run towards her. Zoot got in his face. You are not doing a fucking thing! Doug looked at her for a moment and ran back to her. His mind had been like a constant haze all of his life, but in that moment, it was completely clear, and he knew what he had to do. He was three feet from her, reaching out when she lost her grip. It felt as if she was slowly falling, like the dust in his room. He could see her arms still reaching out to him. It reminded him of Ben's arm, reaching out of the Grace River on the day they went fishing. Doug wasn't strong enough to pull him out, and he was soon dragged to the bottom. The loud, sickening noise of the woman hitting the ground snapped him back to reality. 11.04 p.m. Doug quietly walked into the house and threw his backpack on the ground. The woman was still conscious when the creatures came for her. Doug had to sit there and listen until it was safe enough to leave. He began to cry. Things will get better. We'll get through this. We always have. Remember, Doug. It's just you and me. It's just you and me. Thanks for listening. We have a new Facebook group for you all to join, where you can discuss the show, any new paranormal things you've stumbled on, or even share your real encounters. It's a closed group, so we try to weed out the bots and any actual creeps. If you see anything questionable, just let our mods, Maddie or Rosemary, know, and they'll make sure that person is haunted until the end of days. I'd like to do some Patreon shoutouts to my two very first Patreon donors. Thanks so much to Alan Horgan and Mana Morales. Also, if you're feeling generous, I've set up a Patreon. You can visit patreon.com slash scare you to sleep to check out my different tiers follow us on instagram and twitter at scare you to sleep if you have any submissions remember the email is scare you to sleep at gmail.com i've received quite a few lately so if i don't get back to you right away i apologize if i decide to use your story on the show i will definitely reach out to you first i think that's all folks now Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.